Okay, we're ready to do this thing. Good evening. This is live, and that's hilarious because most of the time I do these tapings around midnight or one o'clock in the morning in my kitchen. So welcome everybody to Kingdom 101 Relationships. You may hear the K-dramas in the background because my niece is watching TV. But other than that, um, I am Pastor Lanzine Lee. And I'm the pastor of Astounding Love, a global church fellowship, which is truly mobile. And, <laughs> and I am the host for tonight's program, and it is my honor to be your teacher. I'm very excited to actually talk to people that are uh, looking at me. So let's go ahead and open up in prayer, and then we will get to the fun that we're going to have tonight. Father God, thank you so much in the name of Jesus for your glorious presence and for the power of your word. Father, I praise you and I thank you tonight. It's the eve before Thanksgiving and so many people were gathering to and fro trying to, uh, well, do whatever they do. And it's a wonderful time of gathering together. But honestly, the giving of thanks is something that we are privileged to do every single day of our lives. And today is will not fall short in that. I pray for the men and women that either gather together live with us or are watching this in a rebroadcast or however it happens to be that your voice will be heard and that you will speak into their hearts and into their minds that things will change in their lives. Father, I praise you and I bless you and I glorify you. You're changing me. I thank you for opportunities to spend time in your presence, that we are your sheep and we're inclining our ears to hear the call of the Spirit of the Lord and that we shall not fail to answer you, to respond to you to be embraced by you. Thank you for the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to pick up from last week. I'm going to have to also ask for my notes that are sitting on my desk uh, to be brought to me. Maybe I'll try to work off of some old ones. Um, I'll see what I can do before we do that. Because what, we're going to, what we are going to do uh, is we're going to hmm, we're going to recap a little bit. We're going to go over some scriptures. If you all have looked on the website, then you have seen the scriptures that we sent out, uh, that we uploaded, I should say, that were talking about intentional superhuman living and the spirit to spirit life. And so the question that we're looking at right now for this little season, before we go into all of the other kind of relationships. Uh, we are going to be have to, to do something with this. Oh, Crystal, the notes that I'm actually looking for are probably in a blue folder or they're sitting right on top of it on my desk. And thank you. Sorry about that, y'all. But I actually lost track of time. I was so busy reading scriptures and it's like, oh no, we got to go. We're late. Okay, so I apologize. It's not the crew. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's me. So, uh, but we're, we're going to make up for that. I want to talk about what our relationship is with God, personal relationship with God, and how that factors into love for yourself. Because it's something that each of us is, I believe many, many people were being called to, to, to have this knowing that the Spirit of the Lord wants to talk to you, and He wants to embrace you, and He wants to spend time with you, and He wants to, you to get the opportunity to know Him the way He wants to be known. So see, there's a longing in his heart 
to be known the way that he really is as opposed to anything else. It's just okay. I'll just, I'll see what I can do with this. Yeah. All right. Crystal doesn't want to come on camera tonight. So she says, forget it. I'm on my own unless she starts throwing pieces of paper at me. <laughs> I'm, you think I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. She's gone as far as she's going to go with that. So... <laughs> you guys are laughing with us and I, I, let me give a shout out to crystal Kemp. she is our ministry administrator and she is one of my all-time favorite gal pals <laughs> she's she's like my playpen buddy that we you know scrap and fight with and, and do all that we're growing up in the things of god together she's also very ace she does my hair when it's combed right crystal can, can have the credit for it if it's messed up don't blame her that's what she would tell you so i'm going to go ahead and tell you that myself <laughs> But also, she, <laughs> that was fun. Um, we, we hang out, you know. I, I don't get to hang out with very many people uh, personally, though I sometimes have new Zoom buddies. So my, friendship, it, my friendships are growing, and I'm so grateful for that. And I could, I could talk about that and probably will later. But honestly, what I want to say thank you for is that she didn't get to put her pajamas on this time of night but instead she is fully dressed and here at my house the night before thanksgiving uh, and she's helping us to go live so it it sounds a little tongue-in-cheek but it's not it's actually just keeping it very real but i really want to just say thank you crystal i really appreciate it and so other people are applauding you i'm sure woo, 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 woo. crystal 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 okay no <laughs> If I keep her laughing, she doesn't fall asleep because it gets oh. hot in here. <laughs> so my house gets hot enough. It retains enough heat that you will sit here and start nodding off. I cannot tell you the number of times I've awakened going, ooh, I didn't mean to do that. So we don't want either the producer or the, the teacher to fall asleep on you tonight. So we've just told all of our secrets, as Apostle Baker would say, busted each other, and now we'll go on. All right, so we're going to talk about intentional superhuman living. We're talking about the spirit-to-spirit -spirit life, and we are definitely talking about our relationship with God and the relationship that He wants with us. You could ask yourself, does God have the relationship with me that He wants? The answer is uh, often going to be no. Uh, maybe for some of us it might be, mm, maybe. I don't know anybody that would actually say yes, because I think that there is an increasing hunger and desire to be with Him. So... But I think it's a great question to pursue relationship with him. Do you have the relationship with me, the all-consuming, passionate, lover relationship with me that you want? And um, since the answer most likely is no, then what can I do? What would you like me to do to be able to increase our love life? And surprisingly, you will find that he is not going to say, I want you to hole up in your house 24-7, 365, never go anywhere, and don't talk to anybody but me, and then maybe I can start being satisfied. He's not going to tell you that. Because what it takes is time that we spend with him that then we release into the lives of others. And, and when we let him allow the Spirit of God to do the same thing through us that he did through Jesus which is to keep pouring out the love of the Father and to keep pouring out the care, you will find that that scripture that says, when a man's ways please the Lord, it causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. 
I believe will grow to another level of power that comes only through humility and submission and obedience. We increase in kingdom dominion power by the way that we are able to defer to the king, the way that we are able to seek after him and obey him. I listen to many people talk about the the things that God does in their lives and, and, and it's a lot of I, I, I and me, me, me kind of stuff. And I think that that's a level of maturity that we have to go through in order to be able to finally cease and or do as he said, it's not I. And this is, I believe this is in Galatians 2. It's not I, but it's the Christ in me. Christ in me, who is, of course, the hope of glory. Christ in me that has preeminence, that, that changes things, and, and that allows the, the person that I was deployed into the earth to be, that I was commissioned by the kingdom to come and show it, uh, that that person will be better seen the more that Christ is seen in me. That's the revealing of us as the, if you will, the patterned son of God. So I want to look at these scriptures that we gave you. Again, if you look at the link for, I would say you could look at the link for week four, but knowing Minister Frederick, he'll put the link on tonight's broadcast as well because there's nothing new to add right now. But the scriptures that we talked about for extra study and understanding contrast, contrast the King James, uh, the Message Bible, the Passion Translation, and any other translations you want. I also use the Amplified Classic and um, sometimes the Contemporary English. It's it's and the voice the voice translation is fun. So those are some of the things that that we can we can look at in just a little bit here. But where we're going to go tonight, I'm going to also respond to a couple of letters or uh, postings that were on the website uh, and see what I, can, what I can do with those two. John 6, 63 says that it is the spirit who gives life and the flesh is of no benefit. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are light. If you heard Kathleen in the background, that's my niece. So we're going to go close that door on her. Because she's watching K-dramas. If you've never watched a Korean soap opera, <laughs> the K-dramas are a thing. Do not leave this broadcast to go look up K-drama. Just trust me on that one, okay? And then Romans 7, 5, 6, where he says, When we were merely living natural lives, the law, through defining sin, actually awakened sinful desires within us, which resulted in bearing the fruit of death. Why do we want to talk about that? Because sometimes you're wondering, where does sin come from? And how did I get into this mess? And one moment I was just feeling so purified and lovely and in Jesus. And the next minute I'm cussing somebody out or punching them in the nose. Where did that come from? God, I'm sorry. You know, because you don't, you don't mean to do it. I mean, you know, I understand everybody has the laying of hands, laying on of hands kind of unction on occasion. I want to lay hands heavily upon somebody in order to get them out of my way or get them out of my face. But you have not so learned Christ. May I say that to you? Instead, it's the awakening of lust, of desire. See, some people think lust is all about sexual stuff. Well, that's one of them. But honey, there's some kinds of ice cream. There's some kind of donuts. There's some kind of pastas. There's some kind of foods that will call you and awaken your lust. You will be awakened to a deep-seated desire, a longing 
to fulfill your the things, the call of your belly, which is the seat of your uh, appetites and, and the seat of your emotions, by the way. So that's actually how it translates out, one of the translations of it in the Greek, whose God is their belly, whose end is destruction, okay? So what I wanna say to that is, we, we were merely living natural lives, the law through the defining of sin actually awakened sinful desires within us, which resulted in bearing the fruit of death. How did it do that? Because when the law came into, into our understanding, it began to show us the distinctions between that which is God and that which is not. Because you started to see the pristine purity of the kingdom and of his word and far from what many people think, to be pure is not to be boring. It is to be strong. It is to be, you're clean. And, and so that means you're healthy. Your, vi your vitality goes through the roof. Your ability to, to stay focused and to exhibit uh, the strength of mind and character. This is all part of purity. So purity is not being cute, dressed up in little white clothes, sitting on a bench doing nothing with your hands folded together because you are oh so boring. I wouldn't want it and wouldn't need, need to. I don't think Jesus would have wanted purity if purity was all about not getting to, to express the love of God or to express the power of God. The pure passion of God. The pure, see, just think about it. Purity, the pure the untainted, the, even if you want to say the raw, um, unfiltered, the pure, the pure power of God, the pure presence of God, the pure love of God, the pure healing powers, the, the, the resonance of his, his person. It's, it's the radiant effect of God. It's the, it's the light piercing through the darkness and uh, delivering you from places where you've been held bondage is a laser effect. There's so much more to the purity of God than maybe what some people have tried to uh, present it, parade it out to be. So look it up for yourself. Talk to him about it. How pure can I get? Because we can be a lot pure. And it is, by the way, good to stay out of other people's beds where you don't belong and keep them out of yours too, right? And it is good to do all of those other kind of things. But, um, but there's more, always more to God than what our human, our natural human understanding has limited him to. And that's why, why relationship can become so amazing. When we get out of that little, it's not the narrow road mind, but that narrow singular um, negative aspect of him that we sometimes think are the limitations of God that we vomit on, try to vomit on him or vomit in our definition because we have not taken the time to get to know him. And that's probably why you're bored with your life sometimes because you think that you're limited, that you're, that walking that fine line with him narrows your options. No, it doesn't. It, it, it's a narrow gate to go through, but boy, once you get through it, it's wide open for the different things that you're able to do. I'll give you an example. I, I've already told parts of the story, and probably by the end of the year, I'll give you the testimony. But when I started on this change of life in terms of how I eat and, and, and different aspects of my life, man, girl, boy, woman, whoever, <laughs> it sure seemed narrow. I mean, it was like, 
Because you know when you first start obedience, you think from a deprivation. This is your poverty mind speaking. We don't, I, I can't have that, and I can't have that, and I can't have that, and I can't have that. It's like, well, what can you have? I can have a tomato and and the leaf off of an old piece of celery. That's what I get. You know, I don't get anything else. Can you have that? And people ask you the goofiest question. Can you have this? Leave me alone and quit asking me what I can have. I'll tell you what I choose to eat because you've got to get out of that limitation mindset. And I mean, you got to scurry, hurry. You got to get out of it because if you don't, you're going to get depressed very shortly. You're going to sit there at a pizza party and be mad because you can't even eat the sausage unless you weighed it on a scale first. You know, you're going to get really narrow in your mind, but it's not wide in the capacity of walking with God. I want you to understand there's liberty in him. He does not deprive you. Every plan, every word, everything that God gives us is intentional. He does it on purpose because he wants us to come into the liberty of uh, and the freedom of, uh, of, of all that he's called you to. So in the beginning, when it was, uh, you it's, this is what you are to eat. It wasn't about what I could not eat. It was about what I, what I am going to eat and what I could. And the rest of it, I just didn't let it factor in. I had to make a decision. And here's one of our scriptures that I, I want, I hope to get to, to. Well, I'm going to get to it right now. So there's no hoping to it. Um, if you go to the, uh, no, go to Isaiah chapter one. And let's just take a quick gander. I like saying that word, Crystal. We're going to take a gander. Uh, <laughs> I'm just so happy to talk to people. I don't know what to do. Okay. Um, let's go to Isaiah. <laughs> Let's go to Isaiah chapter 1. And I think we're going to look at, uh, I'm trying to find Isaiah in this little, there we go, Esau. Or I'm going to try to say it like my friend Bertie says it, Isaiah. Okay, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 1. And if I said it wrong, you'll help me on it the next time around. And let's look around verse 15. No, let's look at verse 16. We were talking about purity. Here at verse 16, I, I can't say it again, Isaiah. I'll try it that way. It's Isaiah for some of you. Uh, 116, wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes and cease to do evil. So what he was not saying was put your sin away until I leave. <laughs> some of you are trying to interpret it in the natural me uh, expressions Bible translation, which does not actually exist. Okay. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings for before my eyes. And if you wondered about that, and he said, cease to do it, stop it, knock it off, quit. Okay. And if you want to hear a great definition of evil, my invitation to you is to tune in to last night's, uh, uh, tell it, really telling it like it is, uh, that was hosted by our apostle, Dr. Baker, because she breaks down what is evil what is sin and what is evil. They're two different things. And I, I would have to spend quite a bit of time taking us through that tonight. I'm not going to do it. I recommend watching the program. You can find it on the More Than Enough Ministries Facebook page or Minister Frederick will no doubt put that link into the comments for you to look at. Because what she does in one hour or less than an hour, about 45 minutes, I'm a bit long, more long-winded than my apostle, uh, but she takes us through some understanding of things like that. And I really think that it will open our eyes, open your eyes to how, how subtle 
the nuances of sin into moving into uh, being in an agreement with, with the Satan, the, the, the accuser, about the way that you should live life, which uh, remember, you never want to listen to Satan, to the Satan, because you're listening to a fallen spirit. And if, if you're listening to somebody that can't even get back into heaven, that couldn't stay, got booted out, and will never make it back in, I think it's kind of a mistake if heaven is your destination. So you might want to rethink, you definitely want to consider who you're getting your information from because he absolutely fails at all of it. Oh, it was so cool. We were on a prayer call yesterday and the spirit of the Lord was speaking to us about the things that, that we were praying. And one of the things the Holy Spirit said, if you, if you wonder about how, you know, you got served, Holy Spirit knows how to dish it out, honey, in a way that nobody else will ever be able to uh, even rise to that level. And what he basically said was that you don't want to listen to the one who uh, that the plans of the adversary, all the plans that Satan has to bring about destruction in this world, to bring about destruction to you and uh, or to our nation or whatever it is. He said, you consider the fact that he also thought that he could overthrow God and he thought that he could crucify the Lord of glory and that that would solve his problems. He said, now that didn't work out so well for him. So don't think anything else that Satan has planned is going to work out well for him. Somebody needed that. A lot of us need that. Whatever Satan has planned, it's not going to work out well for him. It's a bad plan. It's a bad plan because we have a good God. So just get the worries and, and, the, and the lonely, I'm so lonely kind of songs out of your head right now. You know, because it's, it's the day before Thanksgiving and I ain't got nobody and you know all this stuff people go through. Why don't you make a decision right now and we're getting into this relationship thing again to knock that stuff off and just quit with the drama. It's unnecessary and I would think that you would not want to repeat that part of your year over and over and over again because all you're doing is pushing away what could be coming toward you by your self-pity which will not bring produce any fruit of righteousness it will only reinforce darkness so cease to do evil that's that's just don't don't do that learn to do well that's what we're talking about learn to do learn to speak words that are for your well-being learn to move into the things of the kingdom and and start getting all that rotted stuff out of your life once and for all because once we are able to dispose of it it's 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 going to go away. It's going to burn up. We don't need it anymore. Why don't you start thinking about what you do not need to carry into 2022? 2022 starts here now. Don't carry that in to uh, into January. Don't carry it into December. You got a few days left before November's over. Why don't you just decide? I'm not going to carry these little stinking thinking uh, type of uh, uh, fragments of thought I'm not going to carry this stuff with me any further I'm going to get rid of it it's like carrying an unnecessary backpack uh, filled with stuff that doesn't even belong to you and so that's just uh, a friendly reminder that you have more liberty in Christ than you probably have allowed to work on your behalf so he says relieve the oppressed judge the fatherless plead for the widow I'd love to get into that but I want to go to verses 18 and 19 he said come now and let us reason together says the Lord so there's your invitation to an encounter with God if you're saying but I don't know how to do that then say to him Lord I don't know how to do that hmm. can you do that yeah you can do that you can say to him Lord your word says to do this but I don't know how to do this would you help me 
And yes, the answer will be yes, and he will, because he knows that. You see, here's the beautiful thing about God. You can start something, but he likes to take the lead. So if you will ask him, I'm willing to be, I'm willing to do this. I've jumped ahead, but that's verse 19. I want to obey you in everything. So will you help me? And he will. This word that we have, this, this powerful Bible, I should almost hold it up twice this week because I realized after I ended the tape last week, I didn't. So this powerful word right here contains all of the steps that you need, but they're not just steps per se. This is life. This is, this is everything that we have need of, that the Spirit of the Lord himself, not only does he have it for us in written form, but then he helps us by spirit because this is a book full of spirit words. And he helps those words, once they enter into our spirit, to come to life on the inside of us, to come to stay on the inside of us. This word is supposed to dwell in you. In fact, as a scroll, we, we're scrolls, you know, there, there's a book that has been written about us. Everything that, that God has, has written about us, has said about us, was written down. And, and that's the life that we're to fulfill. And he never said anywhere, you're an abject failure and an embarrassment to me. That's not in this word. People may say things like that because they're ignorant, but God's not ignorant because ignorant means walking in darkness and there is no darkness in God. So that should help you. Um, it helps me. I'll take it myself. Though he said, here it is, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. So that lets you know, I see that you have the scarlet. I see that you are in sin, but I'm telling you that I have a remedy for that. He says, though they be red like crimson, they be, shall be as wool. And he's telling you again, I've got a remedy for that. I've got a word for that. I've got a help for that. Every situation you go through, I, I have financial issues. God's got a help for that. God's got a word for that. Yes, but I'm having health issues. God's got a word for that. God has a remedy for that. Well, I'm, I'm not dealing with God has a word for that. <laughs> Even before you articulate it, I want to let you know God has. He's already provided a way of escape. He's already provided your way out. Glory be to God. So there he says, if you are willing and obedient, see right there is the, the part that we need to capture. It takes us doing this step right here that opens up the wide for us everywhere. This is the narrow right here. If you choose to be willing and if you choose to be obedient if you will to do this meaning you have made an internal decision i'm going to stick with you come whatever comes i'm going to stick with you and when you tell me to duck i'm going to duck if you say faint to the left i don't mean pass out but just move quickly to the left or to the right then you have established, begun to establish a pattern of obedience that will cause the good of the land to come to you. I remember in my, in my book, uh, Kingdom 101, I talk about uh, in one section, and I don't know what page it is, and I don't have a copy of the book in front of me, but that's all right. Um, but I talk about how when God wanted to bring me into a place where he could, he wanted, he needed an in. He needed to do, be able to do some things in my life because Honey, I was truly being the poster child for failure. And so he used apples to get me to, uh, to, to, to start to bring me in. And I remember even writing in the book something about, let me add, add address apples because otherwise some people weren't going to be able to move on in the book until they understood. 
So what happened is that uh, um, I'm wandering around so-called being on a diet and I was one of those people that was very successful on every diet I was ever on. I was successfully gained more weight than what I started with because I never obeyed. I just, you know, I found out what the diet was and I changed it. You know, whatever the rules were, whatever they said you had to do, I said, now nah, I'm going to modify. I'm going to modify. I'm going to modify. And I modified it to basically you said it, there was no such thing. I wasn't following anything. I was always, always releasing my ability to be a rebel. And it, it, it would come through. I was very unteachable, uh, unapproachable, and a whole lot of other things. And so God said, I want you to eat one apple a day, every day every day it was like apples yeah i want you to eat an apple a day okay wasn't an apple a day keeps the doctor away it wasn't like that it was just like eat an apple so i kind of got into it and it was like okay in fact i remember in my office that, that we had at the trade zone i had a bowl that had apples in it and i had apples here in my house and when people came over to eat i have all this other food in my house and i just saw no reason why everybody all of a sudden wanted my apples you could have grapes, you could have bananas, you could have watermelon, you could have strawberries. I had all kinds of stuff. But y'all want my apples. No, you're not going to get my apples because I have to eat an apple. So I was buying Fuji apples and pink apples. I, I went on a whole apple thing because when I want to do this certain kind of stuff, I get extreme. Just a little bit extreme. And so I was buying all kinds of apples going into the store every week and the guy was the produce man was there and he'd be like, We have these in this week because I really made it a thing. So uh um so I ate these apples every day and then along about the time that it was he he, he brought me out of it, I think I did it for about two, three was it about three months, I think it was, about ninety days worth of eating apples. Well, it was never about the apple. It was about the fact that God had given me an instruction and I actually obeyed him. What it created in, for me in the courts of heaven, in the spirit realm, was a pattern of obedience. And he needed that in order to be able to take me to the next place. Because frankly, my life was in danger. I was in danger of dying. There were sicknesses and diseases down the road that were waiting for me. But this pattern of obedience began to teach me how to, to listen to him in in my food believe it or not now after the apple incident i went i went basically whole hog well really just bacon and i had a thing about bacon i still do but not like that i mean i was extreme with it to the place that i have to buy applewood smoked i had to buy jalapeno bacon yes it's very good um and i think what was the other one crystal i don't know we will if we found bacon on sale we bought it and um kind of cured and this uh, it's not about jalapeno bacon and, yeah the jalapeno one and the smoked one and the black pepper one the cracked pepper apple one wood. and which one applewood yeah the applewood and there were other woods so we bought all the woods of the bacon and all this other stuff and i would go from one day of cooking it perfectly to another day of forgetting i had it on and burning it and still eating it because i was going to eat it because bacon was not cheap and i became a uh, really very very good at it but I ate so much of it, I started looking like that animal which it originated from. And that's not good. So the Lord had to give me my final warning. And again, I'll, I'll probably share this at uh, the next live, which is the, the last one I'll do this year, live, um, which will be, I'm going to say it now, uh, it's the final Wednesday in the month of December. That's my, the next time I'll come live 
on here. But at any rate, I, 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 I do this stuff and it, it's not it's not conducive to a relationship with God. I was more into the the this food obsession. And it had to stop because the scripture says you will have no other gods before me. It wasn't the bacon, it was my belly. It was me always wanting to give in and 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 fulfill a lust that was loving something more than obeying God. It was taking me out of being willing and obedient. I was willing to eat apples and I was obedient to eat apples. I now had to become willing to leave the bacon alone for this season and obedient to leave it alone, meaning no, no looking for compromise. And so when I received that message, this is what you need to do. He had worked in my heart this word had the spirit to spirit connection of the word of God had started to enter in to such a degree that I said yes I'll do it and there has been no turning back at all uh, it, it started earlier this year this is going to be this is the final year that I will ever ever I'm not on a diet by the way I will never go on a diet but I have changed my life has been changed I changed it no he did my part, willing and obedient. Why? God has a remedy. God has a plan. God knows you, your inner parts and all of that. And he has a way of escape for everything. And this obeying him is a way of escape. I say it again. Obeying God is a way of escape. In fact, it's the number one way to get out of every scenario of negativity, darkness, bondage, failure, pain, so forth. Obey him and he will lead you out of every uh, everything that you really don't want to be in. Okay, so uh, we're going to keep talking. I know you need to hear this. This is the word of the Lord to all of us. If you be willing and obedient, it says in this version, King James, you shall eat the good of the land. Well, that word eat, it means that you're going to be completed and brought to wholeness. So you will be healed. You will be made whole. You will be fed with the good. You will be, you'll have the best of, instead of all of that scrappy cheap mess that a lot of us go after, junk food for example, You'll eat the best of the best because the king himself will have served you at his table. You'll be served at his table. So that's one of the things that I, I think is, is uh, no, it's just one of the things that I believe is just very powerful for us. Now, another thing is that he said, um, I want you to, I want you to come into this reality. Let me read Colossians 3, 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, Christ's resurrection is your re resurrection too. So, see, here's that being moved from the dead places of sin. And we know that Romans 8, 1 and 2 are some of my go-to scriptures, but mainly that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Verse 1 talks about there's no condemnation. Verse 2, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. And remember, we know that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we're going to decide which fruit we're going to eat. I like to say life and death, but the scripture actually says death and life. So I'll stay scriptural tonight. All right. So he says, this is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast. Here it is. We're talking food. 
Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Now that, I want to dig into that. Let me read verse 3. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. So when we were raised up with him, when we were crucified with Christ, when we, it says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. This is Galatians 2. And the life that I now live in this flesh, in this body, I live by, I live by the spirit, the spirit of Christ. I live by him. It's not me. It's I live by him, in him, through him. All of those, those words that we speak, but let's make it a reality. Here in verse 2, it says, Again, in Colossians 3, and I believe I'm reading this out of the, the uh, Passion Translation, but it says that you are to feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. Do you even know what kind of treasures there are? Let me stop and just say to you, I am still talking about having relationship with him in order to learn how to love you. So I, I hear people, oh, I, I, I've learned how to love myself. How did you learn how to love yourself? And you say, so you receive the love of God? Because that's the only way you're going to love you is through his love for you. It's not you just smooching on your arm or something. It's, it's him loving you. You and I learning to receive that love and let it not only move through us, but it has to be, and I'll pull another one from what our apostle, Dr. Baker, teaches a lot. It's because your mind has been changed about you. It's because you are no longer thinking on your own natural human power, the earthly, sensual, devilish, I like my face today, I don't like it tomorrow. Um, I like my body, now I really can't stand my body. I can't stand my teeth. I don't like this. I don't like this. You see, you are, that's a natural proclivity toward destruction self-destruction that's the way the world operates that's why they spend so much money on operations and this and that they're never satisfied they're eating oh being eaten at all the time the worry that the, the not nagging the pushing around the the torment of darkness whether it's a a, a thing that go, comes against the way that they uh well it's always a way against the way that you think but whether they're being seriously tormented in darkness and going through pain and they can't sleep, that's one form of torment. But another one, it's, it's even, I think in some ways it's so subtle and it, it, it can be worse, is that constant sense of dissatisfaction with you that always tends toward your failure, always tends toward your inabilities, always tends toward your lack of perfection and the fact that there's nothing that you can do about it, that finality of your being doomed comes from a demonic source because the Bible says that Christ in us is our hope of glory and the Bible says that he has loved us with an everlasting love as, my, as Minister Frederick would like to quote that scripture and it, it has to do with the fact that God said I have I know the plans that I have for you plans to give you a future and a hope and give you an expected end so see when God talks about you it always pushes you upward it pushes you towards it, it directs us toward Christ it directs us towards what has already been done for us it brings about our deliverance from darkness but when darkness gets hold of you then darkness is always causing you to have a downward spiral in your thinking you become oppressed miserable sad and terrible to be around because you, even if you try to be happy it's fake 
because it's all based upon personality and it's it's leaning on human abilities it's not leaning on the word of God and on the spirit of God because you can lean on a person and they can only uphold you for so long but the strength of God he never he his arms are everlasting his strength is everlasting everything about him is and again this is the character and the person of the one that loves us perfectly and therefore yes he sees our our spots and blemishes but since he says he's coming back for a bride without spot or blemish that tells me or, or out wrinkles that means we can be wrinkle free we can be we can be free of all the scars and all these other types of things and the first scar is not the one on your face or on your hand it's the one on your heart you see he's a healer from the inside to the outside and that it's because of the way he loves us that love that he pours out it it starts to it brings about all of these amazing wonderful changes in you so um, I remember you want to fill your thoughts with heavenly realities well how, where am I gonna find them when you read the book of Revelation you read the book of Isaiah you read Ezekiel you read Genesis through uh, you know you don't have to do it all in one sitting but every day as you're going through the Word of God think about the scriptures that just kind of hop off the page and bring hope to your heart those are the realities of heaven those are the realities of the kingdom of God that you are never without hope the reality of the kingdom of God is that you can be free from everything that has held you down you can get it off of you the yokes you have a yoke destroying anointing his name is Holy Spirit and he lives on the inside of us and he works with this Word of God and he listens for the sounds from heaven the reality of heaven is found even in Matthew uh, chapter 4 chapter 3 when Jesus came along and or when John the baptizer came along or the immerser you'll find that in the book of John to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand when those words were spoken or when Jesus prayed in Matthew or taught us to pray in Matthew 6 it says in verse 10 God, uh, God your kingdom come and your will be done or as I heard Apostle Robin Beach I don't have those notes in front of me either but he says your uh, I hope I'm saying this right but he's like your dominion power come your dominion power be made manifest in the earth I'm paraphrasing it but I love what he was talking about the dominion of the kingdom be made known in my body the dominion of the kingdom be made known in my thinking the dominion of the kingdom be made known in every aspect of how I live my life that is your kingdom your kingly dominion your dominion be seen let the power of the kingdom of God let the the dominion power the royal power of the kingdom be seen in my life in earth as it is in heaven the person that I am that is seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus seated in him oh the power that is available to me the ability to see only what my father sees and to hear what what he uh, to, or to say what he says and to to see what he shows me why because we are of the Christ we are part 
of Yeshua Jesus. So whatever he sees is what we are able to see. Whatever he's thinking is what we're able to think. Whatever he wants to do is what we're able to do because God is all the while at work in you, effectually uh, energizing and creating in you both the power and the will to do for his good pleasure, his satisfaction, his delight. You'll find that in Philippians chapter two, probably around verse 13, maybe verse seven. I'll look for it. But what he's saying here, feast on the treasures, all the treasures of the heavenly realm. Do you realize that's an eternal statement? You're not going to be able to fulfill your days in the earth uh, and manage to have hit on every uh, one of the heavenly treasures. But we are eternal because we're spirit living in a human body. So we have all eternity to feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm. Why not start now? Because see, whatever you can see from the heavenly realm now can be manifested. The truth of what you saw can be seen in this earth. And that comes again from relationship. Relationship with God actually exposes your true heart desires. You think you want that spindly you think you want and this person or that person you think this is what you want because it fits your human fancy but until you know who you really are in spirit see when you know what you're really like then you can see what's going to fit and what is not that by itself you do you know the power that you have do you know how to access the power that is in you. Do you know what kind of powder keg you actually are? You're an explosion waiting to happen. That scriptural, oh yeah, that's the dunamis power plus the exousia. That's the authority, the authoritative power of the kingdom of God. And it's all in you. Yoke destroying abilities, the ability to move in the things of God. You know what? See, this is where I and I, I remember the, watching these old Superman things. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. But what they say, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single uh, jump, hop, whatever it was, single, single bound. Thank you, Crystal. Okay. <laughs> Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's super chicken. Super chicken. <laughs> Cluck, 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 cluck. Okay. All right. Frederick, I'm not talking to you when I quote Super Chicken because I got to now. He said you knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm not talking to you, Frederick, but you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. Okay. Anyway, some of you got that. Some of you then went, what did, what just happened here? We were floating along and they went Super Chicken. But what am I telling you really? I am trying to tell you that marvelous DC kind of stuff has nothing on Holy Spirit and the Word of God. There is power in you and authority. See, power is good, but authority is what turns the switch. You have it in you in measures that are beyond your capacity to comprehend without the help of the one in whom it is contained, who you who who contains you or is, is within you. This spirit of God, this kingdom thing of ours is so big, is so vast. It's going to take eternity for us to understand it. And we're supposed to start that right now. Um, I'm probably running out of time. Do I have any questions? Because I'm surely not getting to what I thought I was. But it's all right. I'll give you those other scriptures. Well, I, I already gave you the scriptures. So, But here, let me keep going then. And if I have some, that's good. Fill your thoughts 
with heavenly realities. I'm going to ask you, how many of the so-called realities of this earth do you carry? You carry the what, what they call the reality of the plague. Uh, some people call it a pandemic. It's a plague. And you want to call it by what the Bible calls it because if you ever notice, no plague ever outlasts the power of God. You want to get rid of stuff. You got to call it what it really is instead of what the world tells you to call it. They only tell you to call it that because then you feel powerless. But when you call it what God calls it, then all of a sudden you see it how God sees it. And when you start to see things the way God sees them, you see that everything is subject to the name of Jesus. Did you need me to repeat that? <laughs> when you call, I'll do it. I don't know who answered me. Crystal kind of nodded. All right, so here it is. When you call it what God calls it, then you will see it as God sees it. And once you see it as God sees it, you realize that it does not have eternal power. Sickness, disease, uh, plagues, whatever you want to call them, pandemics, they, people in the world will tell you this sucker's going to last forever. But the word of God says that the things that are seen are temporary, which means they are subject to change. And the only true eternal power is the word of God, is what God said. And that is the power that you carry on the inside of you. I really pray I'm getting you lit up tonight. And, and having you start to think, wait a minute, so you don't need to sing all these little sad songs about how lonely you are and how pathetic your life is because that power, mush mouth, you got to hush that, okay? Stop saying stuff that's going to garner for you something that you do not want. If you don't want to be lonely, oh so lonely, then why would you keep bringing it up and, and reigniting it to work in your life for another year? Stop doing this to yourself, you know? Don't walk up against a brick wall and bash your head against it and then say, ouch. Shut your mouth about the things that you don't want and open your mouth to let him fill it and then speak what he gives you to say because it's going to change your atmosphere. It's going to change the outcome. Remember, God said it. This is Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know what I'm thinking. I know what I'm doing is really what he said. Whether you think I know what I'm doing or not, I know what to do to get your things changed. I mean, haven't you run to him? Oh Lord, won't you please just tell me what to do? It's like, baby, have you read anything I wrote? I ask people that sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so he's asking you, have you read what I wrote? Well, yes, Lord, I read my Bible every day. And how much of what I said do you actually believe? How much of it have you cleaved to? And how much of it have you allowed to come and live on the inside of you? Okay, um, maybe not as much as I should. Well, David said in Psalm 119, your word I have hidden in my heart that I do not sin against you. And if you're sinning against him in that sense, what it means is I'm, I'm actually not allowing what you said to exercise the power and authority in me that you intended for it to do. So fill your thoughts. I'm just going to give us that one more time. This is Colossians 3 verse 2 that I'm reading. I believe it's out of the Passion Translation. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. 
The distractions are the negativities. The distractions are the things that are reported on the news. The distractions are the things that tell you, you're never gonna have enough money, I'm just gonna have to go do this. And I can I tell you something honestly? I experienced those type of things myself. So I, I can absolutely connect to it. I cannot tell you how often, other than maybe staying pretty much every day, that I get the opportunity to uh, get depressed. I get the opportunity to be so sad. I get the opportunity to sing Lonely, I'm So Lonely. I really do. I get that opportunity all the time. I get the opportunity like many women would do. Well, what's wrong with me? How come the ugly people get people and we don't? <laughs> but you, you know, you can't go there. I'm just telling you, is these are errant thoughts that you cannot give power to in your life. You cannot give, every thought does not come from God. The Bible lets us know in the book of James that every good thing, okay, all these wonderful thoughts and so forth, those come from the Father of lights in whom there's no shadow or turning. But the other stuff is earthly, sensual, and devilish. And it's designed to get you off of thinking about heavenly realities and to be told, to believe the lie that this earth is your only reality. This is your present reality. This is what it is. This is what you got to deal with. Well, um, no, that's not true. I'll tell you why. Because it's not eternal. Remember, heaven and earth will pass away. God said, but my word's not going to. So what God says, that's the eternal heavenly reality. You understand what I'm telling you? It's spirit, but it's everlasting eternal spirit. It's not meant to go into the lake of fire. So what I want to say to you again is um, that... You need to learn how to let this word that dwells in you have precedence. I'm going to stop for a minute and I'm going to pray. I got a prayer request and I, I want to get on this right now. So in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to a left leg and I'm speaking to this thing and I'm telling this body right now in the name of Jesus, you are forbidden to yield to the things of this world for the word of God has been spoken to you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Body, you are every whit whole. Everything that God says about you is true. I speak to pain and I command you to be gone now in the name of Jesus. We don't tolerate and we're not asking. We're letting you know that this body is off limits to you. Body come into alignment with that which has been prophesied, that which is spoken by the stripes of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. You are every whit whole. You are healed. You were healed and you are. And I call for that manifestation now in the name of Jesus. Yes. And can you check on it and verify please? Yes. Thank you. Oh, okay. All right, so let's go on and get to the last part. And Father, we thank you for that. I praise you and I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for the truth of your word because it never, ever fails. It never fails. Hallelujah. All right, we've got about hmm, seven more minutes. So uh, let me deal with something. I had a comment from week three that uh, was something that was posted on our Facebook comments section. And we do go back and we check those. And this was a, a sweet woman that I love so much and she's turning into a new friend. And she had posted, I, I, you, all y'all gotta do is go and read it and her name is there, she, but I'm not gonna put her on blast. So, um, but she said she'd been guilty for years of saying that God would have to beat me over the head with a relationship because I don't trust my judgment. And I say to that, good. I'm glad you don't trust your judgment. 
but he lives on the inside of you, my friend. And I know you already know this, so I'm answering it for others as well. She says, but that also indicates I don't trust him. See, she knows. She says, I will trust him. His guidance with the spirit speaking and the revelation of his word to open to all that he has for me. I will do that. His purpose and plan for all that he has for me in the fullness of this will, I will be completely fulfilled. And I agree with that. And another thing that I really love about her statement was that she moved from what she had been saying. See, this is that shift. And so she was dwelling on the present reality of the world and she moved over into the reality of the heavens where what God says has more preeminence in her life than what the world says or even what her emotions were saying or what the past has said or any of the rest of it. I want to say this to you. Don't rush to anything. Um, you know, stay, stay in, in, the, in, the, in the lane that God has put you in and keep walking with him and you'll find that you come to that exit a lot sooner than you would if you try to figure it out on your own. But the other thing I want to say to you is this. You saying you're not ready for a relationship, uh, uh, I, most of the time when people say that they mean a romantic relationship, better, better be talking about a marriage relationship, and that you're not ready for it, keeps you unready. It doesn't get you ready. You saying I'm being made ready gets you ready. But most of all, well, there's just so much that still has to be done in me, and you just piled on more because your mind is not, your brain, what you just told your brain to believe, is that it's gonna take you a long time. You are a big pro, uh, project uh, and you're not gonna go through a process because there's too much. You, you got so many issues and maybe you do, but um, you're prolonging your deliverance by the words that you speak in agreement with darkness because that's not what God said. You see, he can do a quick work, but what he really does is a complete work. It says that the Lord, Psalm 138 verse eight, the Lord perfects or brings to maturity and to completion the things that concern me. He works in us all the while. Remember we said that out of Philippians. All the while he's effectually at work in us, energizing, creating in us. He's enabling us. He's gracing us with the ability to overcome. You're not going to overcome if you keep thinking about the fact that you have too much to overcome. You're going to overcome because you start believing what God said, that it's in you. The ability to overcome is the spirit of God himself. He's not expecting you to do it without him. So it's kind of a slap in his face to say, well, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're really telling me and maybe yourself, maybe others is I'm too freaking rebellious to do what God tells me to do because I want to do things the way I want to do them. So since I want to do what I want to do and I'm not going to change the way I want to do stuff, God's just not going to be able to do it unless he just brings somebody in spite of my rebellion. Wow. And I personally wouldn't want to go on record as having said that because you open up um, all kinds of cans. I don't know what's in them, but uh, a whole lot of stuff that you're not that you're going to find unpalatable. Okay, so that's that, and I guess that's probably a really good one to to say for the holidays. I have one more comment. This one was also on there on our Facebook. Um, it was a comment I, I can't get to. Minister Frederick had had uh, posted, and one of the things that he said was, I think it was. What did you say, Frederick? Did you say that it was it was it was what? It was, he said it was something like it was horrible, or, but, but, not, but not in a bad way. And it was wonderful that the, the things that he was going through, I had it posted, but I, I couldn't print it out. So I'm not able to, to read it again. Um, but what I love about what was being said is that he's saying, I'm allowing this word to work in me. I'm making myself vulnerable. I'm exposing myself to the power of the word of God and the will of God to change me 
the change disturbing thank you Frederick he said that what was being said was disturbing I was like I think that's the first time anybody's ever called my preaching disturbing I like it because he said it was in a good way it wasn't disturbing as in okay I'm concerned about whether or not you're speaking the gospel or you speaking somebody else's kind of crazy stuff but he was saying it's causing everything that's not God to be disquieted to be disturbed to be uh, agitated so that it's going to have to go because this man of God has decided he's going to keep moving forward and pressing in to the things of God. He's not going to back off from it. Um, I want to leave us with one more scripture. You get your report yet? Um, let me see. I got, okay. All right. Thank you, Father. So um, we'll deal with that too. All right. I have a question. Yes. Question. Yes. It says, um, the question is, um, we are told not to dwell on ourselves and um, to pray for others. But how can we do that when we're not confident in um, where we are? Okay. You're told not to pray, not to, to dwell on yourself? Yeah, like, like not, like not to dwell on yourself, but not... Um, not always going to God to pray for yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, the reason that you don't have to keep going to God to pray for yourself is because he's already told you what he has for you. But what you can do is go to God and receive what he has. And once you know what you actually have, why would you ask for it? Mm, so See what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not, I, I want you to get out of it because that can automatically put you in some religious do's and don'ts category. That is not what is meant by that. What we're really being told is that many of us waste a lot of our prayer time asking God for things that he has already given us. Example, oh God, please heal me. But you're already healed. Yeah, but I'm not healed. I don't feel healed. Well, what you don't feel is not the same as what you actually are. Do you understand that? Mm -hmm. You are healed. But if you don't start saying it because how you feel takes precedence over what God says, then what, you, what, what you've taught yourself is to live according to how you feel and not according to what he said. And so your feelings have precedence over his word. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. So since you already are healed, you go back to him and say, I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. What must I do to get this to manifest? Because right now, the way I feel, it doesn't feel like I'm healed or it doesn't feel, I, you know, I'm broke and, and I ain't got no money to pay this and, I, and this and this. Yeah, but you say that I have all things that pertain to life and godliness or and so forth. So if I have everything, then... How do I get this thing to rec this situation to recognize that I'm, it's already settled? Mm -hmm. So you go back to God to find out what He wants you to do. That's very different from you asking Him for something that you already have. Make sense? Mm -hmm. I went to visit a friend this weekend, and and she has a coffee maker I've never seen. And I'm like, next time I come over to see you, I'm gonna have coffee out of that. I'm gonna learn how to use this thing. It was really cool. I just don't know what to do with it, but um, it would be. It, it, it's like you have, I, I know that I can have coffee and I know that you offered it um, in your home and that it was available to me and I got it in the different ways that I had it. But if I want it from this particular thing, I wouldn't be saying, please, might I have a cup of coffee because you've already told me I can have it. But what I would ask is how do I get it out of here? So change it from, yeah, you don't need to pray for yourself for something that God has already given you, but you do need to go and talk to him and spend time with him to learn how to use what you have or how to appropriate what you have. That's part one. Second part of the question. 
was so then how would I be able I'm supposed to do that to pray for others yes you do pray for others but what you pray depends on who you're praying for if you're praying for a saint you say let those doors be open let that wisdom come to them let them come to the understanding of what it is you have because there is no more delay in their life there is no more uh, uh, hindrances to their life we're calling for every attack and assignment that's against them to be removed in the name of Jesus and you don't have to pray that for yourself you can command it for yourself but somebody else is already praying that for you so that the power to speak is what what happens is sometimes we uncap a tongue or we um open up or you know take something out of uh, prison and all of a sudden they'll start being trained to resonate with the words that are coming around them people that don't get prayed for tend to fall into the negativity because that that's the atmosphere and nobody's spoken a word of the lord to release them one word from god will pierce through the darkness and it will change the atmosphere in which that person is walking you i i do it sometimes when i'm driving a car and i'll look at somebody and see that and i can't stop but i can speak and say let that thing change and what have I done I've spoken a word that is released into their atmosphere that has greater power and authority than than the words of darkness because uh, because God himself is working on their behalf you see what I'm saying so um, that's how you're able to do it because you stop thinking of yourself from the victim's perspective because you're thinking that you're victimized by the things that are happening in your life and you're not you are not victimized by the things that are happening in your life. You may be, uh, somebody may be du trying to dupe you into believing that you are. But this is how you are able to speak and release the word of God into the life of somebody else. It's because you have to come to the reality, the heaven's reality, that you are not limited by the things that you think that you are. Now, am I online with that question? Because I'm at the end of the uh, time here, but... Mm -hmm. Okay, so those would be the things. It's it's again. You're always it's back to wind it out here. Go back to that relationship that you have. If you're perfectly loved, which you are by God, then how can perfect love leave you hanging so dry? He can't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's incapable of doing that. But he will walk you through. He will lead you to. No, you don't. Your way of escape is a walk with God. It's a walk with God. You got it? It's, 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 that's what it is. Yes, ma'am. So is the narrow part um, the part where you're asking the Father according to his word, what he's saying is true, and how to get there? Is that narrow part pressing into you actually being able to move into that? Pressing into you being yeah. able to move so, into So um, like you said, um, I don't know, let's use finances. That's an easy one. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's easy, but okay. Um, well, Lord, you said that I had everything. Yes. Uh, um, that I need according yes. to your word, right? When I sit first seek the kingdom, so I've I've sought you, and um, yeah, I don't see this manifesting. Right. Okay. Um, and now it's like it feels like you're waiting right. for it to manifest. Sure. So is that the narrow part? The narrow part is the is the path that you're going to go through. It's, it's you getting rid of all that excessive crap, mess, nonsense. For example, God, it's, you said that my needs are met, but it's just, so I would ask you, do you have testimony? Has he ever brought you through? Okay. Okay, has he ever brought you through? Yeah, oh yeah. I yes, want you to play the role, yes. yes. Has, yes. He ever brought you uh -huh. has he ever paid a bill unexpectedly? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then why would... And, and did he send you a message through the birds? And that's the last time I'm doing that. No. No. So, why did he do it? Because you were good? No. No, it's because he's good. Right. Your financial deliverance is not based on your ability or your being cute. It's based on who he is. Okay. Okay. It's based on who he is. So okay. testimony is one of the ways, and it's going to start narrowing things. You see, because that big fat head and and and, and round balloon body that uh, that is filled with doubt and filled like like helium, you know, filled with doubt and filled with unbelief and filled with all of these things. What does testimony do? Well, he's done it once; he'll do it again. You just started start started to shrink, okay. and you're going to go through because the, going through that press, it starts to press all of that. Um, stuff out of you because it can't go with you mm-hmm. with him and so what we're doing is unloading if you ever watch Pilgrim's Progress then you'll see the guy in the beginning and that and he's just loaded they're all loaded down with these like super duper big backpacks and their mm-hmm. walk or balloons or whatever it was and then as you watch them as truth starts to come then those oppressions, those demonic things start to deflate and they eventually have to disappear so that you can walk straight. So this narrow road that you're on is saying, I'm going to, I'm going to only have one source of belief. That's the narrow. It's one source of truth and only one. Um, you know, so I'm going to believe God. Well, that's just narrowed it down and it's just quieted a lot of voices or it's it diminished the power of the other voices in your life, the naysayers and includes yourself. Your own thoughts have to be quieted. They have to shut up because I've chosen one path, one way, one voice, one source, and that's God. And so as I'm doing that, all of this other stuff starts to be removed from me. All right. Does that help? Yes. Thank you. And then, yeah, so then once you've done, t- uh, uh, because testimony is just a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's not only testimony, but it's the decrees, the declarations, the prophesyings, if you will, of the word of God. What has God actually said? Because if I'm going to have testimony, it's based upon what God has said and what God has done. In other words, what I have seen my father do becomes my testimony what I have heard my father say becomes what I say and then you have just aligned yourself with the mind of Christ who has full expectation of every need being met only from how many sources one One. the father in me does the work I can't get me out of debt but he can willing and obedient to do what he said and he'll lead me in the way that I should go Teach me how to prosper, guide me with this eye, and provide the miraculous that I need to get out of these these weights of of debt, I, which I, I I can definitely attest to that. And I can tell you that I just can't come up with a scenario in which he did not move to deliver me. And I mean, sometimes I'm just so wowed by it. It's like you got to. I don't even know how you did that. I do not, and I don't have to know, but I will testify. That he's done it, and he'll do it again. All right? I used to sing that song sometimes. All right? So I think that we're out of time. I'm sure we are. So uh, did I have another question? No, I just want to repeat what you said. You said, what I have seen my father do is is my testimony. Yes. And what I have heard my father say is my confession. Is that what you said? It's, it's, uh, it's coming into alignment with the mind of Christ. Okay. See, if I've seen my father do it, doesn't that line up with what Jesus said? I only do what I see my father do. 
I don't know they're going to say what I, what, what, what I hear my father say. So in this particular case, testimony is me telling everybody else, especially myself, mm-hmm. what God has already done for me. I have seen him do it. And I'm going to tell you about it. And testimony has a very powerful connection to it in the spirit realm. Because when I said it, I opened up the possibility for it to happen again. Okay. You see, Mm -hmm. that's why you don't want to say the things about yourself that God is not saying. Because you open up the possibility, the opportunity for things you don't even want. You just opened up a gateway for it to come through. You don't want to do that or a door or whatever you want to call it. No, I want to speak what God has done. He's paid my rent or house payment. He paid your car payment. He uh, got the glasses for your children. He put food on your table. You have new shoes to wear. Um, You have this, you have that. Whatever it is that you have, that's my testimony of what the Lord has done unless you personally are taking the credit. If you provided your house, if you provide for your shoes and your your clothing and, and everything else, if you're the one providing for you, then I can understand why you will feel like you've come to the end because you will ultimately come to the end when you are not able to do it. But God doesn't have one of those. He doesn't have a limitation. You do, you see, because it's just going to come a day, going to come a day that you're going to, it's like, well, if this is your glory, then you keep promoting it and you keep producing it and you're going to run out of juice. But when the word of God is in effect in our lives, when the relationship with God is what we're leaning on, I lean my entire personality and self upon him well he stands up to the measure and beyond he sets a new standard and raises us up he has done that raised us up into Christ and when Christ is the standard then whatever Jesus is limited whatever the limitations of the spirit of Christ those are your limitations so when he can't pay your rent or your house payment or your this or your that then I say yep you're doomed. But as long as he is able to do it, I don't think we have as much to worry about as we waste our time trying to worry about. Speaking of time, I am at the end of this wonderful um, period talking to y'all. I didn't get to half of what I thought I was going to, but that's okay. I just prepare and then I sit down and talk. I want to uh, speak the blessing of Thanksgiving over you right now that you will give thanks beyond a turkey and all that and yes definitely give thanks for for the food but that your life will be a life of giving of thanks to God for his goodness and that you're going to have in the the rest of this year there is enough time uh, God has more than enough time to deliver you out of all and I pray that you let him do so I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm sure that Minister Frederick Johnson has put up things for the uh, astounding love people that are watching (laughs) to put uh, tithes and offerings and so forth and so on. And any other ones that want to do such, we thank you for that. And we definitely speak that you abound. Let the grace of God abound in you and abound in your finances and abound in your relationships and abound in your heart to be drawn back into the kingdom of God. I'll be back next week, but again, it will be pre-recorded, and that's great because I'll be able to read a lot of these scriptures to you that I absolutely am in love with. I 
Um, if this is your year as an unmarried, then um, receive from God whatever it is that he has for you so that you don't just have to say, maybe this time next year it'll be different, but just receive the difference. Receive the change in you that brings about the change in your circumstances. And if you're married and not happy, I pray that you will allow the spirit of the love of God to remove your personal misery from you so that things start to change and that you become a blessing to your spouse who probably is looking for that blessing and so forth and so on. But God knows how to work all of the stuff out. People are, are, people are what they are until the spirit of God gets into our mix and the changes happen because of his word and because of his goodness. And I really pray that that's what you enjoy is the goodness of God. As for me, tomorrow, I'm going on a turkey trot with my daughter. I think that's a, basically about a three and a half mile walk because I'm not running. It's 5K. And she may run, but I'll just use those famous words of many, go on without me. <laughs> and I'll just walk it. <laughs> anyway, I had a really good time tonight. I love you so much, astoundingly, in fact. I'm Lindsay Lee, the pastor of Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship and the host for Kingdom 101 Relationships. And I bless you. Have a blessed, happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you uh, both pre-recorded and live in December. Good night. I love you so much. Thank you. <laughs>